Liam, how are you? Good, man. Today we've got Flossie with us, so Hello. Sinead and Lauren Hi. from Flossie, how are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Lauren, how are you? Yep, I'm great. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's it's kind of awkward when you do the like hello <laughs> thing, and it's just like, I yeah, think... you just walked in the room right as I hit record, and you know, <laughs> We've yeah. Done but this. also, I don't want to speak at the same time as Sinead speaks because we do that a lot, yeah. where we both like go to say something and then we pause and don't say it because we're just like, oh no, we're gonna talk over each other. It's like when you're trying so... to step around someone in the shopping center, you go this way, yeah. and then you go that way. Ugh, ugh, sorry. <laughs> and, then, and then you become buddies for a moment while you have like a bit of a laugh at how, but yeah, you know, silly, and yeah, and then you get on with your day. And never see them ever again. <laughs> a little but, moment but, of yeah, you've got this you get to intimate share that bond moment. of with them, and you know, yeah, very you know, think alike kind of you know, great <laughs> minds think alike kind of moment with them. You can always send them a Christmas card, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into the episode, though, I do have to thank Audio Technica once again for hooking us up with all these beautiful microphones and uh, Alan and Heath mixer. So, mm. thank you again to them. Um, if you need any microphones for podcasting or mixes, interfaces anything hit them up audio technica um they'll really look after you so yeah thanks again guys but um yeah so Flossie recently has been mm-hmm. doing lots mm. and you got a lot planned that you want to talk about but yeah. um firstly start off with you released a single earlier this month i think it was at the start of the month uh, uh, in august at the, the end of being august alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the event was earlier this month though right mm. what um, are we in september oh, it was uh, it w- the launch was the 30th of august so right. yeah pretty much so pretty much this month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and um and then you played big sound recently yeah yeah so how did that go for you yeah was it was a, awesome a good time? Yeah. what is big sound like because i know big sound is kind of the industry kind of you know thing of showcase kind of mm, festival yeah. um a lot of reps go to and all that but what's it what's it like there because i've never been a big sound is it different to other festivals is it like in it, terms it of definitely felt like quite different to other festivals mm. um yeah. for starters uh Sinead had a like a really <laughs> badly sprained ankle mm. um i was so, hobbling around the whole time yeah we didn't realize how much walking was involved like from place to place it was pretty much every day was spent hours and hours on our feet and 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 fortunate with a yeah <laughs> with a sprained I was, ankle I sprained my ankle two weeks before we went and oh. I was playing footy I was doing rec link training oh, right. and I and so I was on crutches for pretty much the whole two weeks leading up to big sound and then she was like I'm not crutches. taking them over there with me I refuse did you have a brace <laughs> I didn't have a brace oh, no. no it was just just my ankle it was fine but it's it was like four hours of walking a day so so there was no like on stage power slides or anything oh, like that. Oh, I did. We did do a knee drop. We dropped to the knees at one point on the on <laughs> the last right. show because I was like, "Screw it! I don't know if we can swear on this," but I was just like, "Oh, go for it! Fuck it! Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do it." Lauren dropped down, and I was like, "Oh, whatever! I'm gonna do it." We're on the last night. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah. But and it was no fun. injuries were sustained. No more than already was existing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like the overall festival, um, it was just it was just super cool to be involved with, um with meeting a bunch of people from the industry and um, other bands and artists, we felt like it was like a, a real community hub sort of thing um, yeah. in the Fortitude Valley where you would see people just walking the streets beside you that you mm. knew or recognised. and yeah. like all the WA peeps. Yeah, you yeah. You them and you're like, hey, yeah. how's your big sound? Yeah, good. Yeah. So different in that um, like maybe a normal festival you might see like quite high up bands walking around. Mm. And you have a moment where you go, oh, do I want to go over there and say hi? Yeah, or should yeah. I or whatever? Or, yeah. So yeah. you're more 
you're more playing among your peers than yeah. Like, uh, it still it still was a little bit like that. Like we went and saw Moaning Lisa play, and they're like uh, yeah. one of our favorite bands, and we we're like, oh my god, should we go say hello? <laughs> so we went up and we we're like, hey, your set was great, and you know, if you're not doing anything later, like we're playing, and they were like, oh yeah, what's your band name? We we're like, oh Flossie, and they're like, yeah, we we'll, we were gonna come see you guys, and we we're like, what? <laughs> so it was a bit scary as well because you know, like we're pretty we're pretty early on in where we are in our career. Mm. Um, so there were some people there that were a bit further on, but not so far that you feel like you can't relate to them on some level. It's not yeah. like the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Know, <laughs> like and I also think that was the whole purpose of Big Sound as well, is yeah. to push yourself to talk to those people and they expect that that's going to happen yeah. as well. They don't just think, oh, some random fan just coming up. No. And, you know, they, they expect that. You're there the to meet yeah. people. So it's a good networking opportunity as well. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. did yeah. you have any, you know, bands or fans from other bands who were kind of like that for you like uh, you were you were there moaning lisa in a way <laughs> i don't think so i think nah. we're we're we it just we got the you've feeling been playing for a few years now yeah, right? yeah 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 we've definitely like we're happy with how we've established ourselves in wa i guess but um yeah i think it you know it was apparent that we're like still quite early on in, in where we are but um um there was a lot of bands that were in the same position as us, um, but it was what was really positive is that we did have a lot of industry people that seemed to be coming to our shows and taking an interest in us, right. and we had meetings with them and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, we might not have had fans jumping around at our shows like yeah. some of the bands did, which was really cool to see. But we did have people that were taking a, a vested interest in us, um, so that was cool. And yeah, more from the industry side. Yeah. Wicked. And was there any kind of because I've heard some, I I know a few other people from other bands that have gone to Big Sound this year, and they had some interesting stories. Some okay. I won't share on here. <laughs> <laughs> but were there any like great moments of Big Sound that you know stood out? I feel like we were so tame because I know we, probably because of my ankle. Yeah, <laughs> the ankle thing, and we just we were so exhausted after every day. It's so tiring that we were just thinking we cannot be hung over tomorrow. Like we've there's so much more to do that. We have to like take yeah. care of ourselves a little bit. Yeah, we when we first started like, um, you know, when on our first couple of tours and stuff, we we like partied and like got really into it. But this just this week meant a lot to us, and we wanted to make sure that we weren't hungover when we played a show or something like that mm. because we just wanted to really make the most of the opportunity of being there. And so yeah, we were pretty well behaved, and we didn't really yeah. The best kind of story is probably like. The Morning Lisa girls coming to the show. Yeah. <laughs> or um, I'm getting hell gushy now. <laughs> I hope they don't listen to this. <laughs> so is that band name a uh, Simpsons reference? Because I've always kind of Morning Lisa. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, because that's kind of even... how I pictured it in my head when I've seen the name. Because yeah. I don't know their music, but. No, oh, you should. Yeah. yeah. What's what's a standout track if um, I'm, I'm going to hit up there? Or their, Spotify, Unearth, Their whatever. famous ones, not fam- I don't know, <laughs> famous, I guess, but um, Carrie, I Want a Girl. Yep. That's, yeah, yeah, that's probably comfortable, the biggest one. Comfortable's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, did you find that? Um, <clears throat> so, you obviously sort of approached the the festival with a pre- pretty professional attitude and mm. um, saw it as an opportunity, I guess. So, did you find that the other bands there were sort were sort of taking it the same way? Um, yeah, not, not going too hard and <laughs> drinking and partying, or was it sort of like that? Or were there other bands there that were sort of uh, partying their asses off? Backstage. <laughs> I, I didn't notice a, a lot of bands like partying yeah. too hard. There wasn't anyone that, that I was like, anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a party atmosphere about the whole whole thing, the whole mm. week. Like everyone's, you know, especially after you've finished a show, like you have a few drinks and yeah. stuff. And so the vibe was there, but I don't, I didn't notice anyone like falling over or anything. Nah. <laughs> um, I think generally everyone's in the same boat with how they feel about being there and like making the most of the opportunity. Yeah, and yeah. Kind of not getting too crazy you know, before you go on stage. Not wasting the opportunity, I guess. Yeah. 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 I feel like these days as well that that stereotype of, you know, bands just going overboard, like your Motley Crue's and all that, <laughs> yeah. is like that age is well and truly over. Because mm. everyone's, you know, if, I don't know, there's stories from, you know, Ozzy Osbourne to Motley Crue to mm. all those, you know, the, the big bands of the <laughs> 80s when things are out of control and everything and, yeah. you mm. know, not everyone was like that. But you don't really hear too often bands these days being no. like loose units so yeah. to speak. it's kind of that i feel like that age is somewhat over there's, yeah. there's um, definitely a bunch of you know bands that do that is their thing you know like yeah. and that's cool and i love seeing those bands but i just think like how can you keep that up you know like yeah. how can you like for me i wouldn't be able to keep that up and stay mentally healthy no mm. way yeah um you know let alone physically healthy so like credit to them if they can do that but yeah and and i love watching it and that's why they you know a lot of them do so well but i couldn't maintain it so. yeah no definitely not <laughs> i suppose as well like these days um you know it's very difficult i suppose it's always been but <clears throat> probably more so these days it's, it's very difficult to make money and make a living off of being an artist or a musician mm. so you know um and a lot of the time bands tend to manage themselves these days as well so maybe back in the day you know, you could mm. throw all the responsibility to your management and to your label to, you know, plan mm. the budget yeah. for the tour and yeah. do all that stuff. Whereas like bands these days now oh, are like having to take all that into account and like be more responsible and um, you know, treat it like a profession and not like a yeah. like a party. Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, a lot of bands are their own, own, yeah, like you said, their own managers and stuff. Like Kieran from Spacey, he manages Spacey Jane. So mm. he's over there like having a great time, but, you know, he's probably not going to. Then he's got his head in the books. Like he's yeah, got like he's, two, yeah. two he's also got to meet a bunch of people and yeah. like be on, on his game and yeah. stuff. So Yeah. I remember a couple of years back <clears throat> I went on tour with the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets guys and did mm. a video um, diary thing for them. Not to plug my own thing, but yeah. there's a plug for it anyway. <laughs> you can um, plug. <laughs> but uh, I remember, you know, after each show they'd be, you know, you know, at the end of their shows, they get really hyped up and they're like amping the crowd up. But then, like, as soon as they're out the venue, they're just like, oh, I can't wait to go to bed. Yeah. And they're like <laughs> having tea and all like. that. And, you know, they were very like serious about what they did because at the time they were self managed and yeah. everything. And they were, you know, on stage, they mm. had the whole party thing going on. But then, as soon as they were off stage, they were just like, yeah, head in the books, so to speak. Mm. You know, yeah. kind of thing. It was quite That's funny, actually. It was like our last night at Big Sound. It was the um, last night. The oh, last, on the last night, the I last was like, night. we were there last night. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember that one. Got a bit wasted. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it was the the big industry after party. Yeah, and so we went to that, and then we went and saw Wax play like a secret show at um, Crowbar just down the road. So we, yeah, we we're excited to go see that. And then it got to a point where the three of us were just like, hmm, we could really go for a kebab and get some sleep. <laughs> While everyone else was like, yeah, making the most of that yeah. partying like last night. Don't we get me wrong. Like, oh, man. We love a party like we do. But I think like you said earlier, Lauren, like the whole day is so exhausting. Like mm, yeah. you've just spent the whole day walking around. You've played shows. 
you've met a million people, just like talking to people the whole day is, you know, it's just tiring. Just so. like a stimulus, stimulus overload. Yeah. 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 So by the end of the night, we were just like, nah, kebab. Yeah, we home. made it to about 2.30, I think, yeah. in the morning. So it's a good effort. It wasn't yeah. too bad. <laughs> that is a decent effort. I feel like going to a music festival is kind of like when your folks used to take you to Adventure World when you were a kid. You'd just run around and be spazzo the whole day and yeah. like mm. you're out in the sun. Then you go home and you're just like out like a light by six o'clock. Yeah. You know, dinner, bed, done. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And we say that like with bands, but I feel like that kind of <laughs> like that that kind of era of bands going wild and loose and all that was because labels were throwing money at them kind of thing mm. and they could do that and they, the managers would take care of everything. Yeah. So I guess like that kind of, you know, ridiculous amount of expenditure on <clears> artists <throat> is now like going to, you know, your SoundCloud rappers and everything. And yeah. I guess they're the ones getting in trouble with like Takashi 6 9 right now and being in court. And Yeah. yeah and I so. think that he might be mixed up with some less than reputable characters as well. <laughs> yeah. Probably didn't help. yeah. He's, uh, it's like a reverse, like, you know, we, we can say like, uh, like our parents' generation were like partying and going wild, but like kids these days are responsible. <laughs> so it's like a, it's like a role reversal. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Pretty responsible. Hey. Proud of us. We're pretty yeah, responsible. Yeah, I'm proud. Of, yeah. That's good. I usually get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> the ankle held you back. Yeah, the ankle the ankle kept me well behaved. <laughs> that was another, because that was another massive thing. I didn't want to get too drunk and like fall over and sprain it again. Uh, yeah. So. I've been there and done that. Like, yeah. Re, re, nothing worse than re-injuring an injured ankle. It was like, yeah, I was, I did mine. I was in a leg brace for about uh, like three or four months. Oh, no. And it's, yeah, not fun. No. It's probably like some of the worst pain I think you can, yeah. like, especially if you do a ligament. It's really. Yeah, like, I think I, well, I haven't gone and got an ultrasound, but <coughs> I'm pretty sure I did tear a ligament. I heard yeah. a pop. <laughs> yeah, well, that would yeah. probably be it. it but was, I see you're wearing boots, so that's it's probably yeah. better now. I've got my um little compression band on underneath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, enough about my ankle. (laughs) (laughs) This is the uh, the ankle podcast. It is. (laughs) Um, But speaking of being responsible and Mm. all that, you guys are heading into the studio again soon. Yeah. So tell me a bit about that or tell us a bit about that. Yeah, we've booked in uh, four days in early November. Mm. Um, So, yeah, we're planning on recording three new songs, um, which we're still working on at the moment. But... um, yeah, I think it's we're going to – sorry? Yeah, gonna... I, was, I was just going to say it's like it's, it's an exciting time because, um, you know, obviously we've – the last song that we put out is kind of in somewhat of a new direction um, to our previous stuff from the earlier EP and all that. Um, and it was fun enough to do one song but now we get to go in and record three and we're just so much clearer about the new direction that we're going in and stuff. And, it, you know, it's not too crazy different or anything but um, – yeah, I'm just so like. You guys kind of feel like you've hit your stride now. Yeah, we feel like we're on a yeah, bit of a we roll. Feel like exactly what we want to do, what direction we want to go in. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's rolling a lot easier, easier. now because mm. like we're sort of doing, we're sort of writing a lot more of what comes more naturally to us rather than thinking too much about how we want to sound. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah, yeah. So that's that's always such a big hurdle for a band starting out, or when you when you're starting out as a mm. a songwriter, mm. thinking too much about how you want to sound rather yeah. than just yeah seeing what comes out yeah. yeah and i think because um Sinead and i had such different backgrounds like uh growing musically. like how, musically yeah um that 
when we started this band, we were sort of like, okay, so what, what, what kind of music should we be making? Because mm. I was doing um, sort of like acoustic folk stuff and Sinead was um, doing like blues, jazzy like mm. uh, stuff. Soul. And so, yeah. yeah, so we were like, okay, let's like, we didn't want to just combine those two because we were like, we have no idea what to do with that. But I guess we took a lot of influence from um, music that we were listening to rather than music that we were playing. But it was still, yeah, it obviously took us a couple of years yet to yeah. figure out exactly what we wanted to do. Mm. We're so we feel just really overthinking it for a bit too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So but do you yeah. feel that you've kind of found your sound, so to speak? Yeah, now? yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and that must really be exciting as well because now mm. you can kind of just like get to work. I suppose in a sense, yeah. like you, yeah. you, you can get in, you can go into a room and and you can write and you kind of know totally whether a song is going to going in the direction you want it to or whether it's not. Yeah, yeah. it does feel like it's a lot easier to make decisions and mm. yeah, um, and all of that now that we're so clear about what we want to do and like Char- working with Charlie as well now on drums, like he's just got so many great ideas as well and he's been so easy to and fun to work with mm-hmm. in the studio like just rehearsal studio yeah um so working a lot faster and yeah um, being yeah being a lot more productive in general Sinead and I still doing our songwriter nights <laughs> is that week, at grumpy's up. or no, no. Oh, sorry. so okay we just have a just night you guys catch up yeah and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah, just drink wine up. and um yeah drink wine and write stuff yeah so that's been super helpful sticking to that um plus also just like writing individually when, whenever we get the chance and mm. um yeah pushing ourselves a lot more and we have um skinny our manager who pushes us a lot as well mm. he's yeah been great with getting us moving yeah yeah that's sometimes something. you do need like someone behind you like giving you a nudge here and there yeah totally yeah. for motivation yeah and is that generally how the songwriting process for you guys has always been? Do you just sort of catch up and do it um, sort of non-formally and just put ideas together or to have like in the past have you like written in rehearsal rooms or like is that just is, is it just something that you've kind of evolved into doing now and that's what works for you? Yeah, we, we started off kind of just writing on our own. Like um, we'd write almost full songs sort of on our own and then bring them to each other and then workshop them a bit, mm. I'd say. And then um, and then we we sort of started collaborating a bit more um, with lyrics, which is a hard thing for us, I think, because lyrics are like a real personal thing. And so mm. when you're used to just writing them on your own for so long and then you have to start writing with someone, it's like just feels like, oh, God, is this what I'm writing dumb? And like it's just kind of puts you in a bit of a vulnerable position, even though we're sisters and, like, we're really close. We, mm. you know, just weren't used to sort of write, writing lyrics together. Mm. But we've started doing that a bit more and it's been really good. Um, and now it's more of a case of we, we still do it on our own sometimes and then bring the lyrics together and then we might start writing the music together from scratch. Mm. Um, or, like, somebody has the lyrics and then somebody else comes up with a melody and, yeah. and work that way. Yeah. But we just kind of bring bits and pieces together, mm. like, and then we just sit down in Lauren's one of Lauren's rooms in her house and just start playing with the bits and pieces that we have and putting them together. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Writing lyrics like as a partnership is something I can imagine would be pretty daunting and quite difficult to mm. do at first because it's not like playing a riff yeah. or uh, yeah. bringing a piece of music. Like, um, and there's, there'd probably be a lot of ways you could do it as well. Yeah. Um, I was reading about uh so Lane Staley and um 
Mark Lanigan wrote a song together for an album they did like back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Lane before. Stanley from Stone uh, from uh, Lane Stanley from uh, uh, Alice in Chains. Chains. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Mark Lanigan from uh, Screaming Trees and Mark okay. Lanigan band, and um, they had a band called Mad Season and. Um, similar thing like they were all used to writing their own lyrics separately and yeah. then bringing them to the room and put, putting them to a song whereas they decided to uh, to try a different approach for this one song where um lane would write he basically just wrote the first line on a mm. piece of paper and then passed it to mark and mark wrote the second oh, line and they would cool, pass yeah. it back and forth and yeah before they knew it they had a whole song yeah it turned out to be like one of their their favorite songs and the lyrics just really flowed and made a lot wow, of sense. Wow, cool! So I thought yeah. that was really interesting way. Yeah, it's cool learning like all those different songwriting exercises too and mm. applying them. Yeah, because we've done things before where we just like we get stuck in the rehearsal room on a song, and then we're like, okay, why don't we just like fasten the tempo, like double time sort of thing, and yeah. see just throw just, yeah. stupid ideas out there. Mm. Yeah. So Have you used uh, oblique strategies before? I was going to say oh, that. Oh, that's the date. I've got Brian the cards. Yeah. I've got them at home somewhere. They're buried in a box and I need ever- – I keep saying, remember, I, I'm You've like, I've got to get them out. Of- <laughs> What's yeah. that? <laughs> I know we haven't used them yet, <laughs> so but we need to. Yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah, it's that kind of idea. We'll Super just be like, cool concept, just... though. I love. I'd like, yeah. I always totally. wanted to get those cards. Just yeah. To, just to so check. for Some the listeners, I'll just... oh, quickly. Sorry, oh, no, I'll quickly fill in because people are probably yeah, yeah, yeah. like, "What is this?" Yeah, what are they? That we all just went. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> is uh, oblique strategies was developed by it's a it's kind, it's not a game really, but it, there is a gamification. It's kind of gamifi- gamifying the. The songwriting, right, process, songwriting process. Or the cre- creative process, really, because yeah. you could apply it to any anything creative. And, um, yeah, it was developed by Brian Eno and... David Byrne. David Byrne, yeah, that's David it. Byrne, yeah, David yeah. Byrne, yeah. And, um, and used by David Bowie. Oh, yeah. wow. Um, David Bowie and Brian Eno have a very a friendly rivalry, I guess, <laughs> Yeah, the years. Yeah, fighting over sure. Devo and all that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's it'll be stuff like... You just basically take a card out of the deck, and it will be like, uh, write about what is the f- the first three things you see around you. I don't know if that's actually one, but that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it'll be even like more like esoteric kind yeah. of ones. Or like, it'll it'll give you like a little thought experiment, and then you know, or it'll even go a bit like you know Freudian, where it's like what, talk about your deepest fears or something. <laughs> like that. And um, yeah, so there's a lot of cool elements to it, and if you can get one of the original pressings, so pressing, so to speak, but original mm. copies of it, it's mm. worth a lot of money. Like they go for like five hundred to a thousand on wow. eBay. Wow! But um, it wasn't yeah, you can that. download it. You can download it for free online. They've made like PDF versions of it. Yeah, and you can just. I've got the, the actual, card. actual cards. They've done one since they're worth recently. A lot of money? No, but your one might be worth. Yeah. <laughs> How did gosh. you come across them? Were they? Oh, a gift someone or? gifted them to me. What an awesome yeah. gift! Yeah, 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 yeah it was great. a great gift. I, well, I know, I know they're worth a lot of money because I was going to get them as a gift for someone I know. Yeah. Um, but when I went to go look at the prices, there was they hadn't done oh. a, a run of them for such a long time, and wow. all the old ones that were on eBay were just ridiculously priced. And I was like, "Wow, mm, oh, yeah, so maybe, special!" And maybe in the future again, if they yeah. do, a, do a cheaper run, you just stick with the PDF and a laminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to Office Works. Can you laminate these fifty-two cards? For me? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the guy would be stoked about that. Yeah, he'd be yeah. like, "I hate you, get out." <laughs> they'd probably be more expensive because they charge you like two bucks just for the one action of the the guillotine as well. Oh yeah, it Office up. Works is not cheap. No, it no, adds no. Up. They, they know where the they know where they're like kind of make cheap yeah. uh, charges add up 
So yeah, they're pretty crafty yeah. with that. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, it's such a cool concept, yeah. isn't it? So maybe you can break those out when you guys like decide to write a concept album or. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've been meaning to for that long. I've been talking about it. I just need to yeah. dig down in the bottom of one of my boxes from moving and find them. Yeah, Hit up yeah. Brian Eno as well. Just see if he wants to collab on it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, if you use Yo, oblique we- strategies, can you like classify it as a, he as pre- a collaboration? He might want songwriting <laughs> credits oh. if you use oblique strategies and make it known. Like I think he'd, he'd be the sort of person who'd probably want a, his name on the album cover. <laughs> yeah. Like as a co-songwriter or something like that. Uh, he was that sort of dude, I think. Oh, really? If you, yeah, yeah, if you look up online, uh, like type in Brian Eno discography, you know, he's got his like 50-odd albums of him by himself, but then you look at the collaboration albums and there's like... He's just on everything. Oh, you could write a book on like... Yeah, you could you could probably draw a map that would cover the whole floor space. Wow! That start from like his his solo material all the way to the present day, and he's there's three degrees of separation between him and just about everybody. Yeah, wow. Yeah, there's still albums to this day that I'll like do a Wikipedia deep dive on, and I'll be like, "Holy shit, Brian Eno produced this one." <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. And then you're like, oh, there he is again." Get to a point where you're like, "I should have known, really." Yeah. <laughs> It'd be quicker to list the albums that he didn't. He wasn't involved in, I think, than it, than all the ones that he was. Yeah, because yeah. the last one for me that I discovered was um, the first Devo album. Um, Are we mm. not men? No one mm. Devo. Yeah, right. I had no idea that was uh, Brian Eno, and I was looking it up, and David Bowie and Brian Eno were fighting fighting each other to produce that album. Oh, and they ended up going with Brian Eno, oh. but then their big, big mistake that the singer I forget his name, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, I think it is. Yeah, I think it was him that was saying that. Brian Eno did synths on basically all the tracks, but then in post they got rid of them on all but three tracks. And he says it's like one of the biggest regrets that he has about oh. that album. Um, He's like, oh, we didn't listen keeping... enough to Brian Eno and we yeah. should have. Um, wow. So I'd be very curious to hear what those songs were, with, the other yeah. ones yeah, that yeah, Brian yeah, Eno, you know, had ideas for. And yeah. True. But. Oh, what a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of recording, where are you recording your, have you, got a studio yet that you're going to record at? Yeah, we record with um, Andy Lawson at Debaser. Okay, yeah. where, whereabouts is that? Um, it's out we'll in... We'll give him a free plug. Like Martin. Martin, yeah, like out near Martin, Armadale. That's way, uh, way, isn't it? like near Clifton Hills. Is that right? So, I don't know. Uh, so back at, names like, that's to me. That's the first time I've heard that <laughs> suburb. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm a Clifton Hills boy through All and through. Right. No, I think Martin is like... Um, Pretty much like it's that bushland area that sort of runs behind where they extended the Tonkin, Tonkin yeah. Freeway. Um, I think so. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's Kelmscott Hills basically. It's beautiful yeah. and pristine up there and yeah. like really quite yeah. s- serene is probably it what is. I was looking for. It is, yeah. So nice. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a, a trek out there, but once you get there, it feels like, I don't know, just the energy and the yeah. And well, we grew up in the hills as well, so like it's was it uh, which which it was like Kalamunda Hills, Gisbury Hill, yeah, yeah. Kalamunda way. Yeah. Um, so for us, it was kind of like the first time we went out there. We were like, oh, this feels so homely, like yeah. so nice out here. And he's just got this huge shed that's just at his house, and out the back he's got this huge shed that just looks like a big shed. And then you walk inside, and it's this epic studio nice and yeah it's just out in the middle of the hills so it's really nice who were the other so what was what was the studio's name it was uh debaser, debaser. yeah, yeah. i should remember that it's a pixies thing yeah <laughs> um who were the other debaser alumni like who else has recorded there um i think the verge collection have done quite a bit of stuff with, with yeah, him and yummy ship Did, yummy ship oh, yeah. yeah um 
two Death by Denim. Did one. they do some stuff? Is yeah. That, those two I think are so. Are the limbs. Alumni. Yes. Yeah. What's that? I just said those two are Rhubarb alumni as well. Oh, yeah. They appeared on. We released the, the vinyl of Verge collection. Uh, yes. And we Yomi did Ship uh, Flanner and uh, Yomi, yeah. Yomi Ship just had uh, their latest single on, on Batch 4. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, so they were fantastic the other night, by the way. Like, blew me right away. Uh, oh, so yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. I saw them. You guys there that night? The first I was no. there. Yeah, yeah. I was there in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got there a bit late, but. I'm glad I saw them at least. Yeah, yeah. they're such a great band. They they're really gonna are. they're gonna explode like real soon. It's kind of like, you know, feels like there's this pressure like in terms of their attention building yeah. up, <laughs> and then it's just gonna explode, and then you're just gonna see them everywhere. Yeah, you know? they're very busy. They're very very hardworking. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm sure they've got that coming to them. Mm, yeah, for sure. Because that's another band of siblings. So, I mean, are they siblings as well? Yeah, they are. Yeah, the guitarist, the drummer, yeah, all three of them. No, uh. <clears throat> Basis, I think she dates the singer. Okay. Not to get sound like you mean the, you mean the guitarist. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a singer. Oh yeah, guitarist. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I realise they're they're an instrumental band. Um, but yeah, the the guitarist and the drummer are brothers, as far as I'm aware. Oh right. Okay. I may, maybe maybe they threw the word brother around like casually and yeah. I misunderstood hey, it one time. <laughs> they're brothers. But yeah, I believe that they are brothers. Yeah, I, I did hear that as well. Maybe from me or maybe from someone else, but um. And also the guitarist plays in um, Young Robin. Young Robin, and I think he also plays in the System of a Down cover band along with oh. the drummer as well. System of a Down Under. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I've seen them around. Hardworking musos, <laughs> and he teaches drums as well. He's like, yeah, wow, prodigally talented drummer. Yeah, yeah. they're all very talented. Yeah, so. interesting how many like cover bands we have in Perth. Like I was. Reading something a while back, I can't remember where it was I was reading, but apparently Perth has like a ridiculous amount of cover bands. Oh, like because, tribute bands? Yeah, tribute bands. Yeah. Um, Too because many. there's <laughs> there's not many acts coming in, so that's kind of how I think you know, yeah, I get true. the feeling that most of those tribute bands are like the same four people but with like <laughs> different names. Like I'm pretty certain that like, yeah, numerous numerous tribute bands are the same people with different names. They'll be getting you a lot be of right. work because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we booked quite a few through cool Beth nights. That's a bloody good business model, actually. Yeah, because like people want to like like there's the, for example, the Caius cover band, um, One well, Inch Men. One Inch Men, yeah, they'll have they, really clever names. They um and like Caius will never tour again, and it's you know if you mm. can if you can do it well and be kind yeah of, you know genuine to the sound of the original tunes like mm. you know it's a good night out like people yeah. were certainly paying to go see him so people yeah, do pay see yeah i no, i've never gone to see a tribute band before um i don't think i have either I have, yeah. i was just thinking like no i don't think i've ever seen a tribute band but most of them play like jack rabbits and like places like that and mm. i don't think i've been to jack rabbits limbs in like Probably since before it was even called Jack Rabbit Slims. Oh, what really? was it before that? It was uh, uh, it was uh, like Betty's or something, wasn't I it? I just remember they used to have O Snap, like Betty's, yeah. which yeah. I think we mentioned in the last pod. Yeah. Um, o Snap was that the venue it was for a short time in between? I think like O maybe? Snap was like it, it was, was just an event a night. night. Oh, they okay. had and where they yeah. would just play like tons of emo music and stuff like oh, that. Oh, like how did I not hear about that? that was, that <laughs> Everyone was like, you know, doing that, like get doing their full like I don't know what you call the hairstyle scene. 
Yeah, you're yeah. Seen seen hair. Hair. I was going to call it a bouffant. <laughs> I had yeah. one of those when I was 15. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they've brought that back now just in case you didn't know. Uh, they're wow, having uh, O-Snap reunions. Better, yeah. better go check it out. Yeah, get the <laughs> bouffant cranking again. Relive my emo days. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got a Blink-182. It was like punk, pop punk, emo. Oh, uh, who was it? There was a Breaking Punk one, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. That was like somewhere else, though, I think. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was very short-lived for me because that was going on when I turned 18 and then by the time I was like 19, it, it had disappeared. So Tame Impala were a thing and then it was all, all downhill. <laughs> yeah, Everything yeah. else was over. <laughs> and everyone was wearing scarves and cardies after that. And, uh, <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty mellow. Absolutely. <laughs> how do you guys feel about like um, how Perth has sort of, I suppose like we had this, this, like, the, the psychedelic scene like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's kind of moved on and we're on to the next thing now? Yeah, yeah I think so. Even I feel Kevin like Parker we're... was saying at one point, oh, Perth doesn't even have a psychedelic scene. It doesn't. Not well, it still does. Back in the but, day, but, but yeah. It does yeah. outside of Perth. But there was a time <laughs> re- not too long ago where it was really prominent. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, you had King Gizzard popping up. And, yeah. Uh, PPC boys were doing well. Yeah. And yeah. are still exploding themselves. Yeah, there was um, just so many psych bands. Really, but I feel like Toads, yeah, Spaceman Antics. Yep. Yeah. I feel like now it's. I think the focus at the moment seems to be more pop driven. Mm. Like there's there's a lot of really great pop bands from Perth that are doing really well, pop. and then yeah. a bit of nineties influence stuff. Yeah, yeah mm. but like Dulcie, Spacey Jane, you know. All those like Noah Dillon, like all those bands that Sly kind of Withers. more pop driven, yeah, traditional Sly like songwriting yeah, styles. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be what's popular. Mm. At the other one I've noticed is jazz fusion with other genres. Yeah, totally. So Demon Days. Yeah. Um, Yomi Shit. That neo Butter. soul kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. massive. I feel like Whopper is in part like responsible for that because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people yeah. who have gone and trained like jazz uh, Whopper. And like that's how I got into jazz. Like, um, I was hanging with a dude who, who was training as a drummer there, and he invited me to a, a jazz gig sh- showcase from a band called Kneebody that were playing. Cool. And I was kind of like, oh well, I go check them out. Like, you know, I sort of had dabbled in jazz, but wasn't right into it. And then after that, like, um, yeah, I was going to like, um, the Ellington, yeah, and like checking out other jazz bands, mm. and, yeah, and it just kind of snowballed from there, and. Also, like jazz is so. Um, there's so much more you can do with jazz than you can do with psych rock. Like mm. it's like, like yeah. you mentioned, it's it's fusion. So there's it's fused with like hip hop and yeah. R and B and soul and like Motown, reggae, dub. Like you can fuse it with pretty much anything or use elements of jazz, like and incorporate it into just about anything. So totally, yeah. But that I think that's really cool that that like people are getting into jazz again and yeah, rediscovering the greats and. Like or just like discovering new stuff. Yeah, and jazz exactly. is having a renaissance in itself. Like mm. I got you into um, Kamal Williams and yeah, uh, that's right. Yusuf Kamal. They they've gotten huge. Are you aware of those two? No. no. So it's a guy who usually records on his house music under the name Henry Wu, but he he converted to um, Islam and his Islamic name is Kamal Williams, and he records jazz like in instrumental jazz oh, cool. under that name and then he collaborated with uh another guy called yusuf days mm. and then they literally just put their two names together yeah. and call, call themselves <laughs> yusuf kamal um and they've got a wicked album 
called Black Focus, and the the cover is literally just a black Ford Focus. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's actually the name of it. With some Sanskrit, it's a great album. It's uh, my that's... mate Callum got me onto that, and I feel truly indebted to him for mm. introducing me to those two records because they. When he sent them to me, they rocked my world, and uh, they're a real mishmash of um, like lots of lots of neo soul R and B elements mashed in. But um, the label that came about, um, I think it's um, Kamal Williams' label, Black Focus. Mm. Um, if you see anything on that label, mm. just like pick it up; it's fantastic. Cool. Um, actually, I picked up. Um, I'm probably gonna be. I'm probably gonna say this wrong, but I think it's called Shinobi. Um, which is an album by the guitarist that played on Black Focus. Have you heard that one yet? Oh, um, I forget his name. Uh, I do too. You know, I bought the album like less And than he's a played ago. with Yusuf Days as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they um, did a they did a live at Abbey Road mm. session. Oh, cool. And it's sort of I forget his name. It's sort of penned as like forward thinking jazz, but honestly, if you didn't mention the word jazz and you put it on for someone, it kinda more just sounds it's it's very R and B. Yeah. Um mm. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, that really resonates with me. Awesome yeah. background yeah. music, great for chilling, relaxing, getting work done or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's like a massive resurgence. But uh, totally. you got, and either of you guys sort of getting getting into any music on that side of things at the moment? Any albums or songs or artists you could recommend? Um, from the jazz side, or even really. even similar, or a different genre altogether. Something that's like a bit different. Been listening to jazz again, Sinead? No, not really. <laughs> um, um, I feel like I need to check my Spotify to see what I've actually been listening to. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been listening to more, like, not. This is not in the neo soul jazz kind of realm. Nah, just anything really, that you've been exploring. Yeah, recently. but I've been listening to quite a bit of, and I think you have as well, Lauren, um, mm. of um, Phoebe Bridges and like more sort of mellow. Solo yeah, in, female and indie artists and stuff like that. Yeah, and her side project, Boy Genius, with yeah. um, Lucy Dacus and Julian, Julian Baker. Baker. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, do they uh, do they have singles or albums out or like? She has. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, they have the Boy Genius have an album. album. That's a name that rings a bell. I'm sure I've heard that thrown around. Mm. Yeah, I've heard have. that title before. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. I think my I th- girlfriend plays that a lot in her car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's it's. It's great. I'm just getting into like I don't know. I just love listening to that these sad songs yeah. <laughs> lately, and like um, Julia Jacqueline as well. I've been listening yeah. to heaps yeah. of Julia Jacqueline. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been listening to. I was listening to Cigarettes After Sex today, and the Underground Youth, which I haven't listened to a lot of, but um, I bought one of their records because I listened to one of their songs years ago. Mm. So I was just like, oh yeah, I'll buy the whole album. And so yeah, I've only gave it another listen just today yeah um so they're really cool very like mellow sort of dark sad stuff yeah mm. we're both so just on a sad tangent it's <laughs> <laughs> so helpful for like lyric writing though yeah, yeah so, like i true. put sad music on anytime i want to like need to be in like an introspective mood yeah yeah, yeah. you do yeah, though totally um i was it trying to look it. on my spotify to what i've been listening to <laughs> you've been listening to lots of nothing but thieves haven't oh you oh my god okay yes um <laughs> i I listened to like one of their songs. Um, when when did they come to Perth? Oh, uh, they played um, 
Was it on the foreshore? Year? What's that thing they do on the foreshore at Elizabeth Quay? Uh, no, oh, uh, Elizabeth Perth Festival. Perth Festival, yeah. I think it was. Oh, okay. Is it that? They played that Wednesday. Well, I, know, that I, I, well, I might not be, but I know I've been definitely been to shows on the foreshore, like we're at Elizabeth Quay, and that's Elizabeth generally Key, been Perth Festival. Know. Yeah, they played there like maybe a year ago, I think. Yeah, okay, oh, is that the same one where they had that big spider and it was like some DJ was playing? Oh, that was left field. Um, that was that big mechanical fire breathing spider. That yeah, was, that and was people left field. Going that was nuts about this. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a few years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be yeah. Because I listened to one of the one of their songs then when they were coming to Perth, and I didn't think much of it. And then recently, like the last week, I've just been listening to n- nothing but nothing but thieves. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just addicted. When I find a band or an artist that I yeah. I absolutely love. I just mm. can't I get stop obsessed. Listening. Yeah. I, just, I can't stop same. listening. I have yeah. to listen over and over and like yeah. depict all the lyrics and like yeah. <laughs> just yeah. So what's um what's a like a good starting point for for someone who might be listening and wanting to check them out? Like what's an album or a song maybe? Um, to- so a song, um, if I get high, is mm. oh, it's such a beautiful song and the music video for it is it made me cry. <laughs> yeah, so start there um, and uh, yeah, that one and another sort of like sad one is a lover, please stay. That's just like heartbreakingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have on their other album, their earlier album, no earlier, no. I can't remember. Um, there, whichever was the other album, um, a song <laughs> called Soda and a song called Particles. So yeah, those are probably my top four. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll check those out. Yeah. <laughs> I just He's got had such an amazing voice. This, Sorry. Th- no, 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 that's okay. Um, I just had an idea for a game, and feel free to say no. <laughs> a game. A game. Oh, cool. Would you be interested in a game? Yeah. Maybe. What? Well, I, this one might <laughs> be tougher. Have you ever seen Saw? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, us all bring up our mo- five most recent Spotify searches. Oh uh, my god! I'll have okay. to use, I have uh, to use have Spotify to be... for work, so mine might be. Oh, uh, okay, mine right, right. Might... right. No, I'll have to substitute. Funny, I'll, I'll, do it. I'll substitute Spotify for YouTube because I've actually I don't have Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I have to use um. <laughs> okay, oh, mine's not mine's not embarrassing. Phew. Oh, oh yeah, awesome. <laughs> can you can you would you be able to chuck this my phone? It's just on the table over there. Oh, I'm scared what's gonna come up on mine. <laughs> what whereabouts do you look? I'm technologically um, so challenged. The, see the search bar, the search button. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah we can just that. like edit all this like faffing about out. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> What, and you just we'll, go, we'll go artist because sometimes, you know, you search for a song or, you know. <laughs> you know who's top on mine? Who? <laughs> Flossie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's only because I have to I, search I, it I today. like to think that you've probably, like, gotten in the car and you're like, you know what, our songs are sick. I'm going to listen to this on the way to work today. Right. I think I must have cleared some of my searches through because I use it for work. So, like, when we're promoting a band, I'll use... Spotify to look at the related artists if I don't mm. know the the artist so that I can see what they're about and like yeah. get a feeling for what they do and stuff so I can promote it because yeah. I need to know who wants to listen to it. Mm. Um, so I think I've cleared like a lot of my searches. I've only got three. Uh, that's <laughs> three all right. I've got a pretty embarrassing one in here. So Okay. Who's going to go first? Right, you, you well, I go. brought it up, yeah, so you I'll better go, go first. first man. All right, the first one is very snobby. Uh and uh, if Will Bickler is listening, he will uh, he will be very impressed with me. Is uh, John Tejada? <laughs> oh, he's a modular synth artist. Um, very kind of uh, 
definitely not ambient, but it has kind of like ambient pads in it. But a lot of, uh, uh, um, a lot of, yeah, just like modular sounds. Mm. Um, I don't know how to describe it actually, because I'm I'm very like it's only in the last couple of years that I've started exploring electronic music, so I'm very yeah, like cool. new to it. So, what is Spotify classified as? Uh, I don't even know. There's so much text here. <laughs> Probably something like chilled electronic. He's on. He's on Sunday compact. Beats. So. Um, any anyone who's into electronic would know Compact, oh, okay. um, but his album Parabolus or Parabolas um, uh, is incredible. I found that one through the Spotify algorithm. Um, so thanks to Spotify for that one. The next one is actually Kamal Williams, who I mentioned before. Oh, yeah. um, so he popped up. Tame Impala. After that, classic. Yep. Surprise, surprise, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Tame Impala fanboy. Through and through. Um, yeah, we're talking. Liam and I have been talking about doing an episode of our top albums of the decade, and mm-hmm. this will be a spoiler. But my number one will definitely be Lunarism. Um, now that we're hitting the end of 2019, it's, yeah. I, I saw Pitchfork did, did a little like Instagram story template of send us your top five albums of the decade. And so, oh. yeah, I, I knew it was time for us to start thinking about that. I'm going to have to think much longer and harder about mine. That's the only <laughs> one I've got so far. Yeah. Um, Midnight Oil. Oh, after. okay. Went, went Interesting. Back and, Interesting. Yeah, went, went and had a little bit of a retrospective uh, listen. A little throwback. Yeah. And then uh, after that is Infest the Rat's Nest by King Gizzard. Oh, um, okay. Which is their, their is new Is that the new album? That's yeah. the one. Actually, the cover is just behind you there. Oh, with the go. that's their their thrash metal the creepy rat's jaw trophy. Oh, Ironically, oh yeah, right. Speaking of albums of the decade, as much as King Gizzard is my favorite band, mm. none of their albums will probably appear in there in my top five. Quality over quantity. Yeah. As much as I love them to bits and everything, there's not one album that really like stands out as like yeah. mind blowing. Mm. And I think that like, if you resonant. have like a top five album, the, the albums have to be amazing from start to finish. Like even yeah. if your favorite song is on that album and exactly. the other songs are kind of a bit yeah. average, it's like yeah. it's still not your favorite. Because otherwise album. it would just be favorite songs. Yeah. 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 Mm. And then after that uh, was Megadeth's Holy Wars. Oh man, wow. I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> From the album Rust in Peace. So. Yeah. Nice. Great album. Oh, that was six, actually. Sorry. The soundtrack to my myself. my uh, year seven in year eight. <laughs> that was my year Megadeth. 11 in year 12. And then I saw there was a, <coughs> a festival that only had one year that played at um, Arena Joondalup and it was called No Sleep Till. And I think it was... I was at that show. I, I think did, it was... Um, did Gua play? Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, I was at that show. Um. What was what was his name that ran Soundwave? Um, John, no, uh, Matt, AJ Matter. AJ oh, Matter, okay. I think it was one of his festivals, but yeah, they were kind right. of, I think it was they were I've trialing. Been it. Yeah, it was yeah. at the arena. Yeah. And they had, uh, it was Megadeth headlining. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I've still got my pick, actually. I caught a pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sleep with it under your pillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just have the, uh, have the the uh, energy of Dave Mustaine in your dreams? Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, I saw them there, and that, they played Rust and Peaceful, and that was a great gig. Mm. Cool. Um, so who's going next? Liam, Sinead? Mara? I'd better let someone else go next because I've right. got an embarrassing one. I'll go because I've only got a few because my searches are 
Limited. You can you can cut it down to the the ones that you've like looked for yourself, I guess, rather than the the business ones. Oh, I I've cleared all of those ones. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I only have three search. That's cool. Results three here because I I think I must clear it every now and then because I don't want my Spotify to get. You want to protect your Not algorithm. Not infected, but you know, <laughs> like, with all these random acts that I have to search. Um, so I've got, as I mentioned before, Phoebe Bridges. Yep. Um, and are we talking about specific songs? Or you can um, do. Any, anything. I, it's like the one that everyone listens to, Motion Sickness. I just love that one so much. I relate to it. Um and then I've also got Sly Withers in here oh, because yeah. I listened yeah. to their new EP. Local band. Yeah, that they put out recently. Um, and our manager, skinny manager Sly as well. So, And um, your drummer is... Charlie, Charlie has been filling in for them every now and then, yeah, right, on yeah, a few yeah. of their tours and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty close with those guys and gave their new EP a little listen. Yeah, they're doing very well for themselves. They're killing it, yeah. yeah. They just got announced on... Um, they're playing the Fremantle Falls Festival. I did hear about yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be amazing. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. And they're about to go off on tour with Amy Shark as well. All right. Hey. Yeah. Good yeah. Crazy. Um, and then what have I got next? I got, so I've been, got, I got the new Tropical Fuckstorm record. How um, good is it? The actual record. Yeah. And then I've also been listening to it on Spotify as well. Yeah. It's so good. It's fantastic. It's, I can't stop listening to it. Yeah. I actually didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. It's good, but. It's way weirder. Like um, it is weirder. Gareth was uh, interviewed about it and said that his main influence for this particular album was actually um, Captain the Beefheart. No, yeah, I was the about to say Captain Beefheart. <laughs> yeah, uh, Captain Beefheart, um, Trap Mask Replica. You know that album? And no, it's, uh, it's, I don't you'd know. recognize the artwork. Oh, freaking yeah, bizarre. Right. Anyway, it's you bizarre. Have to show me, yeah. and, uh, you can hear it. You can hear the influence cool. in this. Yeah, mm, awesome. So, yeah, it was on uh, Frank Zappa's label. Uh, oh wow! And uh, Captain Beefheart was discovered by Frank Zappa. Yeah. And uh, he basically he doesn't have any musical training, but he he doesn't actually perform on the album, right? It's all other musicians, Beefheart? but he's composing it. Are you talking about Beefheart? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably right. I know that Zappa did that quite often, and Zappa and him went to school together and were like close friends. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. That one you recognize that. No. Oh, I do recognize that. Yeah. 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 I don't. A lot of music snobs online look, like to talk about that. I, <laughs> I can't stand that album. It's, <laughs> it's a tough listen. Vox did a great video on why it's great because you listen to it and you're like, oh, this is, ooh, I don't yeah. know about this. Yeah. But they kind of break I have it down to give and it a like, listen. This is yeah. why it's interesting and celebrated and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, the influence is there on brain drops, but they've, they've managed awesome. to make that influence much more listenable than. Yeah, yeah, it gets a bit intense at the end of the first song. Certainly does. The opening yeah. track, Paradise, and it's just like, oh, oh yeah, it kind of makes you, it gives you, it gives you the crawls. Hey, like, yeah. It's, yeah. But are you actually you going to see them? You guys going to see yeah, them when they for come? Sure. Yeah, yeah, they're coming to Rock Rover. Yeah, 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 I'll be there. I'll definitely be there as well. I think we have a gig on the same night, but I'm going to go straight from that gig. Yeah. Ooh, what gig is to this? Tropical Fuckstorm. No, no, what gig do we? Oh, <laughs> I'm like, are you here? <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got. Ali Barter, I think, on that oh, night. Okay. So I might have to rush off yeah. after to go. See- oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> I'm definitely going to see Ali, <laughs> a bit of Ali's set, and then I'll go off to Rock Rover and hopefully make it there in time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've seen them a few times before, so, you know. 
Gareth Lydiard's such a loose unit as well oh. these days. He put up an Instagram photo yesterday and it, the caption was, it was him standing on a Ferrari or something, <laughs> or a Porsche that. or something, and he's flipping the bird to the camera. And the caption was something like, this is my the favorite my favorite photo I've ever had of myself. It's me on mushrooms standing on a uh, Porsche, whatever it was the model a Lamborghini. was. Lamborghini. Lamborghini. Yeah. Yeah. And flipping the bird while I'm drunk. And we just performed this gig and I'm very happy. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, so good. I'm sure someone will follow him up about that. Yeah, I was looking at that and I was like, that Lambo owner is going to see that and be <laughs> and like send some kind of legal legal letter to him. He'll probably. just he'll probably just rip it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. He's just uh, he's he's such an amazing performer, and yeah, yeah. I'm I just, and I'm, I never got to see the drones. You never got to see the drones. No, did you? Yeah, I saw them at the Rosie. It's pretty yeah. much the drones, anyway. It's yeah, but I think the girls make a huge difference. They in, do in yeah, this band. Yeah, like absolutely. their haunting vocals in all the tracks. Just like it's probably my favorite part of it all. Mm, it's just mm. like their vocals throughout each I'd song. I have to agree with you. Mm. Yeah, because one of them was in the drones. Yeah, it's player. his wife, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Gareth's yeah. wife. Um, yeah, and then the drummer, I think, is from uh, that sort of like heavy punk band. Um, what were they um, called? High Tension? Oh, okay. Is that the one that she always like hides her face in the press photos? No, so the drummer is the, the one with the short hair that usually wears a cap. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Um, she, was, she played in High Tension, or maybe she still does, I'm not too sure. Mm. Um, and the guitarist. Um, I don't know where she's from. I've read but it somewhere. Amazing. But she, yeah, she's great. She's a fantastic guitarist. Like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm hoping, like, because Rock Rover is a fairly small venue, so I'm hoping I'll get to meet at least one of them. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully. I'll fanboy out at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Lauren, I think it's uh, oh, your, it's turn, your turn. turn to. Okay. Share your searches. <laughs> um, okay, my first search is uh, Sneaks, who is my friend Peter. Uh, he, oh, Peter. Yeah, he, um, Peter Micken. He lives in Melbourne and we're basically online pen pals because <laughs> we never get to catch up. Um, but anyway, he released uh, an electronic, like a sort of a mellow electronic EP, um, I don't know, it would have been a year or so ago. Um, and... Yeah, under the name Sneaks, and yeah, I was listening to it just yesterday because I was talking to him, and he was yeah talking about recording more stuff. But he's sort of going in a bit of a different direction now. Um, he's got a band behind him and everything, but um, but yeah, this is just an EP that he recorded at home, and it's it's just beautiful. He's a he's an amazing songwriter and, and great and, singer. Oh my god, his voice! Yeah, oh. it's just yeah, it's so good. So I recommend everyone look up Sneaks. <laughs> and the EP is what is the EP? Baby Talk. So yeah, that's my first search. Can and then the next one is Sparkle Horse. Um, <laughs> that's the name of my guitar. I named my guitar after <laughs> <laughs> this band. <laughs> um, so um, my friend got me into this band like a few years ago, and it's just super depressing music. Um, and I, I was probably trying to write some songs, some depressing songs. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've been listening to them a lot more lately. I have – oh, no, I don't have that on record. I thought I had one of the albums on vinyl, but I – no, I think I gave that to somebody on vinyl. Damn it. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life is the album that I recommend listening to. Um, and, yes, yeah, I think there's a bit of a sad story behind that that band, the the um, 
I think it might oh, just yeah. be the. I think Mark is his name. I don't. I'm not too like informed about the whole situation, but I'm pretty sure like he he was a super um, depressed person and ended up committing suicide like a few years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so all of his his music is very like haunting and and just yeah, it's. It's always a different experience listening to an artist when you know that's like, yeah. what, like how, yeah. how they they ended, I guess. Yeah. Like Elliot Smith is yeah. a good example. You listen to his his lyrics and just his singing and songwriting and you're just like, oh, yeah. man, who hurt you, Elliot? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yes, so much differently. It does make yeah. you hear it differently, yeah. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and then the next one is uh, Sum. I think I'm – I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, S-O-M-M-E. Um, she's uh, this singer-songwriter, quite young. I don't know where she's from. Had another friend recommend this one. Um, and yeah, it's just sort of like um, like mellow pop sort of stuff. Um, solo? Yeah, solo. Yeah. yeah, Australian or where? No, I'm, no, I have no idea. No, I don't think she's Australian. No, I'm not sure where she's from. But um, yeah, all the music I've been listening to is so different. The next one's Wax. <laughs> um, I was listening to them at work. When did I work? On Sunday, I work in a um in a kitchen at a restaurant, um, doing chef things, and yeah, just putting their music on while we're working is. Very helpful because it's very high pressure. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> situation. I use I use a chef that like throws pots and pans around and like <laughs> yeah. When I get smacks angry, the kitchen just... hand in the back of the head. Oh no, don't do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty much the kitchen hand. I'm I'm. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, it's a yeah. There's there's not many people that work in the kitchen, but um, yeah. It sort of gets you amped up for the day mm. and um, yeah. Ready to just move so move good. quickly. They're such Quick a good live feet. band as well. Have you seen Wax live? No, I have no. not. Oh. I, I have actually not even heard Wax before. Really? I, no, where's oh. the starting point? But I realised for a while that I was thinking of Nightmares on Wax. Oh, oh yeah. Right. yeah. That's the like electronic trip hop. Sort of, yeah, from yeah. the UK, yeah. 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 Um, oh, they're just so great. Like Maz, the lead singer, she's just like a whole heap of energy on stage and she really always yeah, gets right up close all. to her fans and like yeah. sweats and throws herself around and she's just amazing to watch. Mm. So where if if I want to go home or if I want to chuck someone in the car on the way home, where do I start? Um, listen to I Am mm. or That's F-U. Um, I'm just going to search this now. They've just released <laughs> a an album called Good Grief, is it? Yeah. Grief? yeah. Or Grief, Bad Grief. <laughs> Something, Something grief. grief. <laughs> Something grief. All right. Yeah. I'll look for that. Awesome. Um, big grief. Big grief. Yeah. Big grief. All right. Yeah, and Labrador is a really good song. That was kind of the first one that kind of got them noticed, I think, by like Triple J and stuff. Oh, um, I've seen that album cover before. This yeah. one, yeah? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, the I've new that one. Too. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah, they're from Brisbane though. Man, a lot of good brand- bands come out of Brisbane, hey? Yeah. Like, and um, Canberra. As yeah, because well. Canberra is like. What else are you gonna do? Canberra, yeah. <laughs> Either get into politics or, or, yeah, or ma- start a band. Yeah, or you could get into like landscaping, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, Liam. Start a band. All right, yeah. So, um, so my first one is actually Body Count. <laughs> is like, that, yeah, is that Ice T's band? Yeah, because like, 
So, Wait, is it Ice Tea or Ice Cube? It's Ice Tea, yeah. yeah. So I was watching Law and Order the other night. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I kind of realized that, like, I'd, I I knew Ice Tea was a rapper and I knew he had a music career, but I'd only ever seen him do stuff in Law and Order. So I was like, oh, I like get my phone out. I wonder what this guy's done, you know? Um, and then, you know, Body Count came up and I, I already knew about Body Count, but. Very controversial band at the time. Yeah, still, probably, like, yeah. in this day and age. But, um,. Ooh. Yeah, it's basically just like, just like really cheesy rap rock, like remix of hardcore punk, like songs, songs like um, talk shit, get shot, and yeah, like right. you know, really tough guy, rap cop rock. killer, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, cop killer. <gasps> and, I'm a big fan of rap rock. Yeah, yeah. it's like really. Oh, yeah. I, I Limp Biscuits a guilty pleasure of mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So I was just curious about like what body cam were all about. So I checked them out. I don't know if it's like my thing necessarily but i'll give him another chance i'll give him another listen why not um so that's that um after that or before that i should say um band that we've talked about previously probably on like numerous podcasts um mayhem oh yes um, they have a new album out called damon or demon i don't know i think it's was damon. this the one that you linked sent me a message the other day and it was like their logo on top of you oh. know uh, a tropical island uh, no hut. no that's that. I just thought that was hilarious. But, I didn't um, get the chance to click it like you sent it. It was one of those things where I opened it at the time and I was like, oh, that looks in- interesting, but I couldn't click it. You're going to have to have a listen to it when you get home. <laughs> what is it? So it's, um, yeah, this is like a... You know what we're talking about when we talk about Mayhem, right? The black no. metal band. Oh, um, one that we know. Bell, but... They did all like, the church burnings back in the day. And oh, like, my God. They were basically God. just like... One member murdered another and... <gasps> Yeah, I don't know about it. One of them stabbed a guy. Oh my god! But then the lead singer blew his brains out. Like, but yeah, (gasps) their album cover super controversial. One of their album covers is literally the photograph at the scene of the singer's suicide. It's, It's like got a legacy. There is a great film called Lords of Chaos out now, and it's got. Macaulay Culkin's brother is it Rory Culkin? Rory Culkin. There's Rory another Culkin. Culkin? <laughs> there's three. There's there's a whole bunch of them. They're all like entertainers. They're, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I heard. I they're heard like the Baldwins. Um, they're everywhere. There's, oh, there's ugh, multiple. I don't know how I feel yeah. about that. <laughs> they're, they're great because I, I heard Macaulay on um, Mark Maron's podcast and he was talking I love about Mark Maron's yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Check out the episode with uh, Macaulay Culkin and he talks about oh, cool. you know what he's he lives in France these days and just like paints all day and he sounds like he's having what? the time of his life now. He sounds just super living happy. off that home alone cash. Exactly. <laughs> but his brothers, um, you know, they're they're actors too. And he one of them, I think he did ballet or his dad right. was in ballet or some kind of um entertainment. But uh yeah, uh, Rory Culkin plays uh uh Euronymous? I yeah, actually Euronymous. haven't seen Lords of Chaos, but I'm familiar with the with the film. It's on Amazon know. Prime if you've got a Prime membership okay. at but the moment. Yeah. It's worth a watch. But it is Long story a short, they were yeah. They're Sorry pretty to much, hijack your <laughs> no, that's moment. okay. No, I'm just trying to like sum it all up, basically. But yeah, they they were just a super controversial band. They're still together. In mm. fact, they toured a couple of years ago. I went and saw them, and they were bloody like not many of the world. same members, obviously. The the, the, oh, uh, the singer like has a human skull like that he he tours with, and he takes it on stage and like what? yeah, it's crazy. How um, is that? You can buy human skulls. Really? <laughs> you can just buy them on the internet. Yeah. Oh my god, I feel so sheltered. Yeah, <laughs> on the dark web. But oh um, yeah, so they put a new album out, and I had to listen to that, and I thought it was like pretty cool. They've released one track, and it sounds a lot like a return to the start of their careers. Um, mm. So, but yeah, so there's that. 
Um, listen to them. Yeah. Then if you if you go to listen to them, um, also try Burzum, which is the Burzum. Burzum was their original guitarist. He was the one who stabbed and killed. Not their a other great guitarist. guy at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, it's from a from the perspective of you know just this interesting story of. Uh, he's kind of like a Charlie Manson kind of mm. character. He's just like a bit loopy, not as loopy as Charles Manson, but um, he recorded a bunch of albums while he was in prison and he only had access to synthesizers. Wow. So this is a black metal artist reduced down to just synthesizers. And it's, well, it was one, it it's, was actually one 1970s keyboard. Like he, right. I, don't think, I don't think he even had like more than one keyboard that he but was it's, allowed. It's haunting and you listen to it oh and it's God. not like an album you emotionally resonate with or anything no. like that, but it's a fascinating listen just to, Go into it from like understanding the story behind yeah. it. And being like, oh wow, this is what. Yeah. Yeah. It's you that put context again. That yeah. Exactly. Like- if yeah, you're into yeah. crazy stories like about music and stuff, they're at least worth like researching or yeah. looking yeah. up. Yeah. Um, you might not like the music, but the story is freaking in- yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Um, before that, um, I looked up daniel johnston because obviously he was oh, yeah. he passed away recently yeah so i wanted to i did a search that's quite yeah. quite the uh quite the jump from mayhem to daniel johnston yeah, <laughs> yeah just gotta, like got sad and you're like oh i really need to like turn this up a notch i'm gonna put on some mayhem yeah <laughs> well i don't know like I'd, I'd heard a lot of his music and then kind of like forgot about him i suppose well, not forgot about him but put him to the wayside and then um obviously i heard about his tragic passing and wanted to sort of revisit some of his songs yeah. that I really liked. And I kind of forgot how, what, how, what a profound and like sort of just really sensitive musician he was. Like yeah. his songs were like, some of them were quite unlistenable, but the, the ones Ooh, that yeah. were good were like, whoa, really, t- really complete vulnerability blow you away. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but my favorite song is the one that he did, he wrote about, um, about Mountain Dew, have you heard that one? <laughs> this is no. the one that you're talking. A I few think episodes I, yeah, ago. Yeah, I probably yeah. repeat myself a lot on this podcast, so apologies to anyone who's listening who's already heard this. But um, <laughs> he, yeah, he was institutionalized like most of his life, and one of the institutions he was living in for a while, it was like a vending machine, and the highlight of his day was he would go and buy Mountain Dew. He was obsessed with Mountain Dew, loved it. And then he decided that he'd write a jingle for Mountain Dew and and record it and send it, send it to the company. Um, so they would have received the tape and hit play and been like, who's this dude like writing a jingle on his piano about Mountain Dew? It's like, most of it's not even about Mountain Dew. He's like going off the, off the, (laughs) a little tangent. Yeah. And then the song comes to a close and then. You think it's over, and then he goes on this little like little rant about how there's like demons trying to cut, like popping out of his head and stuff, oh. and you're like, oh man. So that he sent that whole tape to Mountain Dew, and then they were must have sent him a letter back saying, uh, you know, thanks but no thanks. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't think our audience is gonna <laughs> yeah. not be able to. This isn't gonna work with them. Yeah, but I just love the innocence of that. Like he was just um, just such a like um. I don't Vulnerable know. Vulnerable and innocent. Just yeah. such a gentle soul and just made some really incredible music. Um, yeah. So there was that. Um, I watched I watched his interview with Nardwa the other day. Yeah. And it was it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I like how Nardwa basically was just trying to sort of keep him interested by just giving him like lots of gifts at the yeah. start of the interview. Have you guys see, ever no, seen Nardwa's seen interviews? No. So he's, um, Do you know who Nardwa is? No, he's, he's got a YouTube like channel. I feel like we don't know 
anyone that you've mentioned. You're like educating us a lot today, so that's good. Oh, well, that's good. Basically, um, he was he was like a music journalist. Uh, he Still was, is. A, he, yeah, oh, well, he, yeah, he is. I should say, yeah. But he he was in like bands when he was when he was young and growing up, and then he I think he decided that his main focus, his main passion, was writing and interviewing bands. So he's he's done interviews with like multiple famous like bands from the 90s hip-hop artists metal bands like every, every genre and snoop dogg loves him yeah he does a lot does a lot of hip-hop stuff now um but yeah he's got this really like um quite disarming and quite bizarre method of interviewing people where yeah. he really hams it up and he's like in, he's almost like in character and he wears like a <laughs> he wears like one of those weird scottish hats and he's got like big coke bottle glasses on him. <laughs> his name's nardwa the human serviette Okay. He's a kook, basically. That's his shtick. But um, he's also really well known for doing like really deep research about his interview subjects. So let's just say, um, let's just say, for argument's sake, you're Snoop Dogg and I'm Nardwa. I'm like, yo, Snoop Dogg, what's going on? And just smoking a doob. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got really into character. (laughs) Shizzledy dizzle. But um, yeah. So. He, like Nardwa will basically be like, oh, so I heard like when you were like seven years old, you really liked this one particular song that you heard on the radio. Oh wow! Here's an original pressing of that. Yeah, <laughs> and he'll be like, and he'll be like, yeah. So I brought you this like here's a here's a here's the single that you've been looking for for like 25 years of your life, and oh like oh my god, you know, and he'll just and he'll just come out with these these things like pieces of history that are almost like stalker level where you'd be like, how do wow. you know this shit? That's so weird, but. He really brings the best out in his interview subjects in doing yeah. that. Like, really disarms them and yeah. like makes makes them human again. Yeah. So his he's interviews like, are really good. He's the only person that I've ever seen interview Eric Andre and you know break Eric Andre. I don't know if you know who he is. He's like an adult swim comedian, like very like Tim and Eric. Oh no. Do you know Tim? You know Tim I know and Tim and Eric. He's yeah. Very much in that league of humor. So imagine okay. a, he's he's like that. Um, he's always on. He's, he's usually always in on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And right. he's the only person to break that character that I've seen. Like he freaks him out. Wow. But if you want a really good Nardwar one um, to look up, yeah. look up his one with Pharrell Williams because okay. Pharrell is just like beside cool. himself. Like he pulls out. He's like, oh yeah. Um, apparently, you loved Carl Sagan when you were a little kid, and he pulls out uh, the soundtrack to the Co- original Cosmos series, and Pharrell is just like. What? And then he pulls out the single from like his first band ever, and he's like, "I've not been able to find this. What the hell?" Oh like, my god! Yeah, and like, and Pharrell's like, "This is the greatest interview I've ever done. Like, this wow. is insane." And mm. Yeah, he, a lot of the artists will like, because he usually doesn't when they visit Vancouver, and a lot of the okay. artists will like rebook him because they oh, just like how have cool. the yeah, time of their life because they want some would, fancy like, gifts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah, he's very into his uh, gifting. Yeah. Nardwa. But oh, the, awesome. the interview they did with Daniel Johnston, like he was, he was, I think he kind of knew how to approach that one because obviously, you know, it would probably be hard to hold his attention for an extended period of time. So he's just pulling out these gifts one after the other after the other. And he's like, so I hear you like this, here you go, here's this. And so I hear you like that. And then there's <laughs> a point in the interview where he, um, he pulls out this other thing and he's uh, just for purposes of like, you know, the interview and Daniel's like, oh, is this, can I have this as well? Like. And he's like, oh, no, actually, like, I've got to keep that. I'm sorry, but, yeah. Um, so Daniel but Johnston. He um, was like, I think the thing he was uh, giving him a lot of was, uh, like, because Daniel Johnston was into the Beatles, but he was also into the Beatles cover bands. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? So he was giving them, like, all these, like, weird and Beatles, wacky Beatles cover, bands, cover band stuff. Albums. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so he was, and he Daniel was talking like- about how he collects all these, like, Beatles cover band things, which oh is really God. cool. 
it really like niche. It's speaking of rabbit holes that we mentioned earlier, like um, and just d- deep diving on stuff. Like mm. Nardwa's YouTube channel is a really good resource oh for that. Oh my god, I'm definitely yeah. gonna go down. His interviews go back hole. to the. Late I think 80s. the late eighties. Oh, yeah. really? And he's so, still going. He's been around and for so, that long. Yeah, and certain artists like sort of um, don't respond well to his style of interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a really famous DJ one Khaled. he did with, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <Khaled>. <laughs> yeah, suffering from success or whatever. How, but, um, how, why does some of them not respond well? Do you think? Uh, I think it's just like because he's uh, he's uh, he's obviously in character when he mm. interviews, and he re- like for lack of a better term, I think I've said this already, but it really hams it up. And mm. like, I suppose certain people might find that irritable. Yeah. And also just the amount of information he manages to dig up on people yeah. as well. He did an interview with Blur, back when Blur were, I suppose, they must have just released um, Park Life or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was around that point. And um, I don't know whether they caught him on a bad day, whether they hung over or what, but they treated, oh man, they treated him like really, really poorly. Oh, they really? Really, they that. were really mean to him. Oh, and, um, no. Yeah, and uh, apparently Damon Albarn has like since come out and actually like written an open letter, like publicly apologised to oh. Nardwa, said, "Oh, sorry, man, like I was a dick." Yeah, sorry, we were all coming down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so probably something like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's the one with uh, Henry Rollins as well, and Henry Rollins just does not get it. Oh uh, yeah, this was back yeah when Rollins was like really I think young, he was still and in Black Flag, young and naive. Yeah, like quite full of himself. Yeah. But. I can imagine it would be a bit confronting for some people. Yeah, yeah I mean, everyone's different at the end yeah. of the day. Because so. I like, I just assume that he like, because some of the some of the stuff he knows is just like incredibly like yeah. deep. Yeah, and obviously, like, what is he going to bring up next? Manager, yeah. and the yeah. manager kind of like looped them in with like maybe their parents or whatever. And yeah, like, you know, give us some stuff for this what interview. Is, this oh, is a special one, kind of thing. True. But, um, you could be on edge just wondering like yeah. going to bring up some really personal stuff. Yeah. yeah, he should do Scott Morrison and be like, "Do you remember that time you shit your pants at that McDonald's?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Did that he's, he's Apparently, like, yeah. What? Yeah, have you not heard that? I know. Uh, so it's this. I think. The Batuta advocate was was kind of oh, okay, this peddling this a okay, lot. Right. No, no, no. It will, it, basically, he hasn't come out and said it's not true. And I think he's even... <laughs> he hasn't denied it, so <laughs> he it hasn't must be true. It. But he, uh, he was making a public appearance recently and um, he actually acknowledged it. Like, he was like, oh, oh and uh, yeah, you'll never know what happened at that right fateful day. The election, the, it was like, he, I think the Cronulla Sharks had won the, the NRL grand final and that's his team. And it, apparently, yeah, in 1997, after the Cronulla Sharks won the grand final, he shit his pants at McDonald's or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like, oh, it, it was God. getting like shared everywhere, like everywhere from, you know, your, your clickbaity news sites like Pedestrian to yeah. to like Brown Cardigan and all that. And they were all talking wow. about, you know, and this is this is right before the Australian election. This was come, like, you know, It probably covered. helped him, to be honest. And yeah, humanized and it probably him. gave like any attention's good attention, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then in the wake of all these like, you know, conspiracy theories of what's happening in US politics. And this was our one was did our prime minister <laughs> or potential prime, prime minister shit himself at Macca's <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Like you've got <laughs> Donald Trump's like, you know, many yeah. controversies and, you know, uh, we've got did our good, prime minister yeah. shit himself? Yeah. <laughs> these, are the, these are the hard facts, oh the hard questions. Um, but yeah, look, on on to the next one. Um, oh, yeah. Lone. Have you heard Lone? I have heard Lone actually. Yeah. His I found out of him because he's one of his tracks or two of his tracks maybe 
were on that uh, Fire Festival doco that Netflix did. Oh, really? really? I didn't yeah. realize I've that. Seen, I've seen that doco, but I don't know who Lauren That's is. That's the Netflix one, yeah? That mm. was like quite an enthralling documentary. Oh, yeah. it was so good. I watched it twice. Because the whole time you're watching it and you're just like, Oh man, like, like what's gonna get happen next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's he like, gonna do next? They and had then two Apex songs in that as well. I was very impressed. Oh, yeah, from yeah. like deep cut Apex. He was releases. like, I, even the point where he was like, pretty much on house arrest, like that he'd been found out, mm. and like I think he was going to jail. He had a suspended sentence, and he's still trying to figure out hustles. And you're just like, God, Ooh, this guy just doesn't yeah, he stop. Doesn't quit. Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't know when to quit. But no. Yeah. Um, loan. Um, put out an album probably like 2014 or something like that called Reality Testing. Have you heard that one? Mm, so maybe he's basically is that, is that on RNS? I don't know. I know. I, think, I know he's got a one or two. I stumbled across him just purely by accident, um, and I still know virtually nothing about him other than he's like a UK-based producer. Mm. Um, I think he's about our age. Like he's a he'd be a 90s kid, um, and he basically he makes. Um, so like a really cool mashup of like um, deep house music and kind of like instrumental like hip hop sort of kind of sort of like what Madlib and Jay Dilla do. It's kind mm. of like a really cool blend of that. Yeah, cool. So it's like what I suppose it's like a reimagining of what it would have been like to grow up during the ha- the house music explosion, like from someone of our generation. I guess here we like mm. missed out on it. So yeah. that was it. That that album I really enjoyed. Um, Sick. And um, I think that's four. The other one was Charisma and Peanut Butterwolf. Um, so that's more kind of like instrumental, like sample-based hip-hop stuff that okay. I was going down a rabbit hole of. Um, <laughs> Stones Throw Records kind of stuff. So, yeah. I did, I did, couldn't help myself, but as you were talking about them, saw you click on your list and I'm seeing a lot of MPC yeah. in, in your searches. So Yeah, I've been, ve- like, I'm... Think about buying a sampler. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that stopped me is the money because those MPCs are pretty pricey. Like mm. I'm looking at an MPC 1000 um, and it's um, for sale at the moment, but it's, you know, it's more than my budget will allow me to spend. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, but yeah, it's just another side of music that like I haven't, I haven't ever explored like samplers and what they yeah. can do. Mm. And have have seen, um, Mark Ronson's TED Talk? Nah. He no. does a TED talk on the on the MPC on an MPC. Which yeah. one? Oh, cool. I think the three thousand. Yeah, that's the one. So the the iconic one. Yeah, the three thousand. Um, yeah. With the- there's once again, this is another thing I mentioned on a podcast previous, but um, Jay Diller, who produced and composed his music on MPC three thousand, that's actually sitting in the Smithsonian now, um, like his MPC three thousand production center because it's wow. like his. It was so, so culturally important. But um, yeah, they're, they're essentially just like a home. They were built, they were marketed as a home studio back in the day. But essentially, what you do is you can uh, you can plug a record player into it, and you can um, you can essentially sample like a drum break, or you can sample like some strings, or some guitars, or some vocals, yeah. or whatever you want a phrase of a song. And um, it saves into the MPC, and then it's got like sixteen pads, like sixteen touch pads. Mm. They're kind of like drum pads. And what you do is you take, a, let's say, 30 seconds of a drum break and you split it into sixteenths and then you can play each sixteenth of that 30-second sample in any order you like on the 16 drum pads and basically make a new song or a new beat or whatever you want out of it. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so, I'm in Sounds a pretty... Like you should get one. Heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in an advantageous position because, like, I run a record store, so... But I wouldn't ever get any work done if I did. So, yeah. True. Yeah. yeah, 
Sweet. Yeah, we've um, sort of talked about bringing some more, not, we wouldn't probably sample things and stuff, I don't know, but um, to kind of expand our sound, like getting a... Maybe getting some drum pads or yeah, something. Yeah, drum pads yeah. and like some playing around. atmospheric stuff. There's so much yeah. you can do with, with sampling. Like it's not just about like making hip hop and stuff like that. Like that's one thing you can do. And I suppose that's what popularised it. But mm. a lot of people might um, use those NPCs to to do all sorts of stuff, just add textures and yeah, just different layers to their music. Yeah. Um, you know, um, people produce electronic music on them even and stuff yeah. like that. Mm. Yeah, I think we're excited to start having a play. Like, I mean, if we can afford some of the stuff, like you said, it's yeah. expensive. But this time when we go into the studio, maybe... We've yeah, just to experiment with. Well, you can just even record your own sound. stuff. Like you could, um, you don't have to sample other artists on them. So you can, um, you can record your own music and then sample, mm. like yeah, you know, sample some guitar or sample a, you know, a yeah. vocal thing or whatever. But yeah, 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 you can get crea- pretty creative with them. So, yeah. add a fun fact to that. Uh, I found out recently that the sampler was an, an Australian invention. Was it uh, really? Yeah. Oh. At another one, Wi-Fi sampler. I heard about Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi was an Australian invention. Mm. Was it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the CSIRO, somebody, uh, some wow. association to it. Yeah, they developed it. But they yeah. also developed the sampler, which obviously wasn't a Kai. It was another brand. There was It was like a, I watched a YouTube doco on it. And uh, This yeah. would have all been like back when. It was like in the 70s would, and they basically sold people it. people were using tape. Mm. Would have been before the digital age, right? No, it was like the seventies. Like it was digital. Um, right. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to look it you up. You have to link me, link Actually, me up I'll to quickly because <laughs> I don't want to leave that on the podcast and not, you know, <laughs> fill in the blanks there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm just gonna search first sampler Australian. Yeah, here we go. History. The this is from AustralianHipHopDirectory.com. The Fairlight, that's it, was the first digital synthesizer and sampler. It was invented by two young Australians, Kim Ryrie and Peter Vogel, in 1979. No way. Damn. There you go. Yeah. That's nearly the 80s, I guess. So, yeah, they yeah. Would definitely would have been playing around with digital by then. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. I mean, I guess you could have, like, <laughs> copied tape and, you know, done all that, but, you know, it would have been a very different process and not the same kind of, like, artistic mm. output so to speak so mm. we're always learning stuff on these podcasts yeah, yeah god we've learned a lot or i have <laughs> yeah so you'll be back next week for the test yeah. <laughs> um, <Uh-oh>. yeah. <laughs> you have to listen to it in your sleep to memorize all the answers <laughs> cool well we've been recording for an hour and 20 minutes now so wow. do you guys want to wrap it up there yeah that, yeah so um i guess it's i'll cut that bit out but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like Ugh. um so, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to mention, plug any gigs coming up, any other side uh, project hustles going on? What's what's going on with the both of you? Uh, Lauren's got a side project. She's working on her solo stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've got um, – And that's under uh, your name, is it? Um, yeah, under under Low. So just low. hello, Low, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, just recorded an EP with Andy Lawson as well um, just in early August. So yes, five five track EP and yeah, gonna release that probably next year because there's a lot to <laughs> squeeze in and organise. And yeah, it's still it's yeah being mixed at the moment. So, um, so yeah, that's an exciting thing that's gonna be happening. It's sort of like I, I call it sad girl dream pop. 
music. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of the stuff I listen to a lot of. <laughs> sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you've been like definitely soaking up a lot of those influences <laughs> and vibes lately. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So is there somewhere we can keep tabs on like what's what's going on with Low? Um, I have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have much on it at the moment. <laughs> Not at the moment, but. No, but it will once I. Yeah. Preemptively like yeah, it. Yeah, once yeah. I <laughs> have things. Happening. Yeah, happening and, yeah. and running, then I'll. It'll all be there cool. on the page, yeah. So that's where we can stay tuned on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sinead, anything oh, to plug? Nothing solo. <laughs> um, but we, other than that, we've just got our sort of songs that we're going to go in and record in um, November and then yeah. chuck them out sort of towards the end of the year, maybe a single towards the end of the year and then one early next year. And, mm. and any so, flossy gigs coming up? Yeah, we're playing um, this Friday night at the Rosie. Yep. Um, that this one will probably get released next week, so it'll probably be done by then. Oh, okay. So, so we're playing. Um, we've got we're supporting City Calm Down at the Rosie. Yes, on the nineteenth, eighteenth or nineteenth. Oh. I can't remember. I it's think it's the nineteenth. It's yeah. a Saturday. Yes, it's a Saturday. Yeah. Saturday, <laughs> Saturday. Some Saturday in October. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Ali Barter as well, um, supporting her. On the 25th of October at the Rosemount. We're just living at the Rosemount in October. <laughs> yeah, we've got that, um, the Scarborough one. Oh, yeah, and we're doing... Um, in early October, I think. Yeah, Scarborough Beach Party, which is organised by Wham. Yeah, oh, man. So, and I remember checking one of those. Uh, yeah, that's, the, that's, a, that's a free event, yeah? Yeah, it's a free event, yeah. Mm. So yeah, also, that's, a lot of bands um, playing that one. Early, is that on the weekend of Whamfest? Yeah, I, I think, think that's on the... Uh, 13th of October. Oh, okay, it's October. Okay, yeah. So yeah. quite, there's a lot happening in October. Mm. So if people can just keep tabs on our Facebook page. In <laughs> we'll essence, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for coming on. Yeah, it's yeah. been a pleasure.